got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. Tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth Florida Football Podcast. I'm Daniel, and on this episode, we're going to take a look at the LSU game and I'll give you keys to victory for the offense and defense against the LSU Tigers. The LSU game is a special one for me. It was my first time at the Swamp, LSU 1992. So this is actually roughly my 30-year anniversary. I do believe that the game was played sometime around the 11th. I'd have to double-check, but this year is actually the 30th year anniversary of me going to games at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium and it's amazing to think that it's been 30 years and what all can happen and change in 30 years. Uh, That day Florida did beat LSU 28-21 and um, funny enough that in 1992 30 years ago that was the last season until 2022 we played a regular season game not on a Saturday. That's the year that we lost to Mississippi State on a Thursday night game, and we swore not to do that again, or or our athletic director at the time swore he wouldn't do that again. This season, we're going to have two regular season games that are not played on Saturdays. Of course, the Eastern Washington game that was rescheduled for Sunday, and then the FSU game, which will be on Black Friday. LSU this season has been a bit of a mixed bag. They began the season by losing to FSU in New Orleans. And then they also have had a pretty big win, I'd say, over Mississippi State at home. However, if Mississippi State doesn't muff a punt in the second half, they don't give up the momentum. That may not be an LSU win, but sometimes that's how momentum happens in college football. LSU has also beaten Southern. They've beaten New Mexico, and they've also beaten Auburn. Auburn is their only true road game up until this point, so it should be interesting seeing them come into the swamp. And then uh, last week, LSU, of course, got drilled by Tennessee and Baton Rouge. For the next few years, LSU is going to be compared to us even more than they typically are because they replaced their coach at the same time we did after the 2021 season. They did hire Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. Of course, we ended up hiring Billy Napier from Louisiana. And there is some talk about whether or not they tried to hire Billy Napier or whether or not they rejected Billy Napier. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. LSU's offense has been pretty decent this year. Now, I'm wondering how much of that is quality of opponents. FSU, I don't think, is the best team. They kind of struggled against Auburn. They struggled for the first half against Mississippi State. And last week, struggled at times against Tennessee. Although some of the score may be a misnomer on how well the offense did at times because they did have a few big drives where it ended with them turning the ball over on downs but they had moved the ball 30, 40, 50-ish or more yards. Their defense has done well at times, and then it's not done so well at times. Of course, letting FSU have such a big offensive day on them, of course, was one of the 
lowlights, but they generally kept Mississippi State in check. I know what I said earlier about without that muff punt, which is true, but at the same time, they also, if you look at the numbers, kept Mississippi State really in check, and I know after that punt, Mississippi State couldn't do much on offense. They did, however, allow Auburn, who has not been that great this year, to throw for 300-ish yards. And last week, Tennessee threw, I believe, for about 229, but they gave up 263 yards rushing to the Vols. Now, let's get into some keys to the game for the Gators offense. The first key to the game would be to run the ball. Again, last week, LSU gave up 263 yards on the ground to Tennessee. And that's not saying Tennessee's a bad running team. They're actually a really good running team and not many people recognize it due to the thought that Tennessee is a pass-only team. However, we have one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in the SEC. And I, with that said, I know Osiris Torrance our preseason All-American guard. He is questionable for the game. I think he at least tries to give it a go. This is a big game. This is also a game against a team that he's had to hear about for a few years now being in Louisiana. So I could see that happening. We do have Michael Tarquin coming back, which is a big deal for us. If Torrance can't go, I do expect to see some Josh Braun in that spot. A big 350 pound offensive guard who last year did look good in the George game and some other starts that he had back to the key of running the ball we want to run the ball on LSU one to establish tempo to establish the game and hopefully to eventually wear them down in the fourth quarter like we've done a few opponents this season like we did Missouri last week With us running the ball as well, there's good and bad to that. And what I mean by that is it's good because we limit the number of plays for the other team's offense, but we also drain a bunch of clock and hurt ourselves. How does that hurt us? Well, we are currently fifth in the nation on offense for yards per play. And the problem that we have where offense is ranked in the 40s, I believe, is because we're not running enough plays. If you're top five in yards per play, but you're that far down, and I believe Billy said this as well in a press conference, it's because you're not running enough plays. Some of that is our defense is not getting off the field. And part of that is when we're on offense, we generally tend to be plotting and not moving as fast. Although I think we may see some tempo this week, like we saw against Tennessee, if we get LSU on their heels. But running the ball allows us to establish all that, and running the ball takes some of the pressure off of Anthony Richardson. As you know, I don't think he had that bad of a game last week. Granted, it was only 66 yards passing, but we didn't ask him to do too much in the passing game, and we really didn't need to. There are some things that could have been better, some things that could have gone worse. But I think this is one of those games where we call a game plan, kind of like Tennessee, where we tailor it to his strengths. And if we can run the ball, that'll really help that out. The second key is we need to get into the vertical passing game. Both Auburn and Tennessee had eight plus yards per pass against LSU. And 
by per pass, that's not per completion, that's per pass, which means their completions were going for a lot more. Why? Because they're going down the field, they're going vertical, they're putting pressure on LSU's defensive backfield. And if they're susceptible to that, we need to try that. You know, against Missouri, in my review, I complained about after we get the big punt return, we don't try anything vertical. Well, that's what we need to do. I'm not a big fan of the horizontal. Anthony Richardson is not that great throwing the ball horizontally. Let's try going down the field and attacking. Let's back off some of those linebackers. Let's make them drop into coverage. So that opens up room for a running game. The third key for offense against LSU is to not turn the ball over. That could be a copy and paste for every game. If we don't turn the ball over, perhaps we get a bigger lead on Mizzou and go into the half with the game being 10-7 with us getting the ball rather than 10-10. Of course, when we look at our other games this season, the Kentucky game, Tennessee game where we lost, a lot of that came down to turnovers, especially the Kentucky game. So if we can help out our defense by not turning the ball over, especially not in positions that give the LSU offense the ball on our side of the field, that will go a long way to victory. Moving on to the defensive side of the field, the first key I'd say for our defense, and this is a big one, is contain Jaden Daniels. He's LSU's quarterback. He can run, and right now he is LSU's leading rusher with 359 yards and definitely has some escapability, has run for 10-plus yards numerous times this year against many different teams. And so to help contain him, we need to continue to improve in our gap integrity on the defensive line, which we did see some growth last week against Mizzou, and we've seen growth throughout different parts of the season of Brenton Cox, making sure that he's not going too far upfield. He's gotten better at that. Still not perfect. Same thing with our defensive tackles, not trying to get a little bit wide and opening up that hole in the middle. And also, we had one last week where our, I I forget which defensive end it was, kind of spins around and takes an inside and the quarterback runs outside. I know that one was not Cox. Can't remember who it is, but the point is, As long as we learn from those mistakes and continue to grow and at least limit Daniel's rushing, it's going to help our team. He is passing at a 70% clip. However, if we can get to him with four men and part of getting to him is having that gap integrity so he cannot escape, then it's going to help our defensive backside help our coverage out a lot. The second key for our defense is to play good assignment football. That starts off with a gap integrity that we just talked about in helping containing Jaden Daniels. But also assignment football includes things like making sure linebackers stay in their gaps and don't over-pursue, which again, something we've seen grow over the last few games. A lot of these young linebackers doing better. Amari Bernie overall has been getting better in that regards, then also helping keep all the offense flowing from the outside in. What that means, if you're not sure, is if you're the outside man, say you're a corner, or last week on the third and 22, it was Perkins, 
don't let that offensive player get to the outside. All your guys are on the inside to help you make that tackle. Try and make the tackle, but if you can't, be on the outside to help push them back towards the other players or in the middle who can come make that tackle for you. A few times last week, we let guys get to the outside, not just on that third and 22. On Missouri's first touchdown, we blew that gap integrity, and the guy got out to the outside, ran around the right side of the line, and ended up scoring the touchdown. Again, starts with gap integrity, keeping that in, but it's also our outside guys outside in, and it's also on assignment football. That's whether we're in zones like cover three or whether we're dropping eight, making sure our guys get into the proper zone. Make sure they know, hey, if I'm going to cover three, I've got the deepest guy. Let me not just bail out 30 yards down the field. Let me stay with whoever the deepest guy is and play tight, which is what Jaden Hill did. And Jaden Hill ended up with two picks. Can't wait to see more of him. He's definitely going to grow off of that. And hopefully his example will help guys like Marshall, help guys like Helm, help guys like Kimber, just get that little extra touch to their game. By saying that assignment, it's kind of like how Ventro Miller, when he's on the field, it's a completely different defense because he helps people know what their assignments are and helps our defense get better. I think there's some insane stat where the other team runs for like two yards per carry more when he's off the field. And a lot of that is just making sure we play assignment football. With that said, LSU is going to be using their six offensive line lineup in seven games. So there's a chance they can make mistakes. So let them make those mistakes and let us just play what we need to do. Because if we play what we need to do, they're bound with different lineups and switches on this line. There's bound to be a miscommunication somewhere, especially in a place as loud as the Swamp. And take advantage of that. Don't make the hero play if you don't have to. Let the team play team defense. The final thing I would say is a key. Number three is to play tight coverage. Again, I want to go back and point out the tight coverage that we saw from Jaden Hill in the game where he didn't let anyone get behind him. And he was also right in the pocket of the furthest deep receiver on his side when he was in zone. And also, I'd like to point out Ventrell Milligan, who on both interceptions completely eliminated guys. And there was a few other times throughout the game where I saw people with runners, so much so I thought we were in man because they're playing tight. And usually on those plays are when we saw the sacks or the QB try and scramble and end up only getting a yard or two. LSU has several good receivers and neighbors and booty and several others. That can make us pay if we allow Daniels to have lots of time and if we allow them to run free in a zone. We don't want that to happen, so I hope that we play LSU tight whenever we are in a zone, whether it's a linebacker, which did decently well at times against Missouri, or whether it's guys like Trevez Johnson who played nice and tight on that final fourth down play by Mizzou. Tight coverage. We'll also, as we talked about in the preseason, and I've said it since, tight coverage helps buy a little bit extra time for your D-line to properly get to that quarterback and get sacks. And again, by properly, we go back to the first key, which is contain Daniels and stay in your lane assignment football. 
don't need to make the hero play and have them run out. So if we play tight, that's going to give our defensive line a little bit more time to create a little bit of havoc. Now, let's move on to some intangibles I think are going to help the Gators out here. Of course, I do think the first one is that this is currently a three-game losing streak that we are on against LSU. We should have won the past two years. There's no other way to say it. Those were not good LSU teams the past two years. We found ways to lose. 2019, we had a lead in the second half, and we blew it. Of course, we went in 2018. 2017, we lost by a missed extra point. Ventrell Miller has been here for all that. He really probably is taking this game personally, and all those players, part of those losses we shouldn't have had, are probably taking it personally as well. And if they're not, I think they should. It is embarrassing that we are on a three-game losing streak to any school, much less one where we have been outclassed by a bad injured team the past two years, the way we have LSU. So I do think that chip on the shoulder will be good for us. I also think, and I said I was going to mention this earlier, I do think that there's some part of Billy Napier that is taking this personally. He was kind of asked about if he's taking this game personally in his press conference earlier this week, and he gave an answer to the effect of, that's not something I think you talk about in public. So not really a denial, just a no comment. I could be wrong, could not have any personal feelings about this at all, but he sure didn't say that when given the chance, or at least that's how I took it. And then, of course, the last intangible is that this is LSU's second road game of the season, or second true road game. You could say, well, they had the neutral site game against LSU, but a neutral site being New Orleans isn't that neutral at all. And that one game was against an Auburn team who had just gotten shellacked by Penn State and had barely beaten Mizzou. Those fans, I'm pretty sure, were not quite as into it as they could be. Meanwhile, I expect the Swamp to be rocking this Saturday. As I always say, create the atmosphere that you want recruits to come play in. And earlier today, we got two big recruits, safety Bryce Thornton, and defensive back Dijon Johnson. And I bring that up because there are major recruits coming in besides them this weekend. And let's create the atmosphere that those recruits will want to come and plan. Let's make them believe Florida is the best place for them, probably because it is. But let's create that atmosphere. And I don't think that's an atmosphere that Daniels has ever experienced or rarely has experienced since he came over from Arizona State. And we talked about with Utah, they really had not played at any places before the way it's going to be at UF. I feel that about Daniels as a signal caller as well. Although Auburn, again, is generally known for being a great atmosphere. I'm not sure how great that atmosphere was just based off the previous two weeks that they had. I'm not saying it was a bad atmosphere, but I don't think it's the same atmosphere I'm expecting in the swamp. So just to recap, my three offensive keys are number one, run the ball. Number two, go to a vertical passing game or have your passing game be vertical. And three, 
Do not turn the ball over. For defensive keys, I have contained Jaden Daniels for number one. For number two, I have play assignment football, which includes outside in, and also try and maintain your gaps if you're the linebackers, defensive line, and play your zones properly if you're the defenders. And then number three is play tight coverage if you're in coverage. That doesn't matter if you're a corner, a nickel, a safety, a linebacker. Play as tight as you can. Buy extra time for that pocket to collapse and force tight windows. With tight windows, you may get a pick like we saw last week. Some intangible things I think help Florida is we are on a losing streak. We have a chip on our shoulder, and that's a losing streak to LSU in case someone says, no, we've won the last two games. And then I do think on some level, this game is personal for Billy Napier. And then third, this being the second true road game for LSU, I think that helps us. I also think them playing Auburn two weeks ago and then playing Tennessee last week takes more of a toll than two weeks of Eastern Washington and Mizzou. So with that said, I do like how this shakes up for us, especially being home, being night, and this being our last home game for three weeks, second to last home game for the year or four weeks, uh, second to last home game for the season. This is a big one. We really need to take it. I think both these teams match up pretty well for each other. I'm going to go with the scoreline from that 92 LSU game, my first LSU game and my first game watching from the Swamp, which is Florida 28, LSU 21. Some fun events happening around Gainesville this weekend. Of course, uh, there is Tom Petty Day at the Swamp. That's how UF is advertising this game. Along with that, you have an event for the Gator Collective at the Social at Midtown from 5 to 7 Friday night, from 6 to 8 at First Magnitude, the Gator Nation football podcast. They're having a get-together from 4 to 7 on game day. Gator Collective will also have a pregame tent with stuff going on. Be sure to check that out or those events out as well. Be sure to check out the Gator Collective. It's a way to help support our athletes in all sports, not just football, with name, image, and likeness. I've talked to them, talked about them previously. I'll continue to talk about them. They don't ask me to talk about them, but I do think it's important to help show ways we can support our players outside of just game day. Thank you, everyone, from, for listening, wherever you are listening from, whether it be from Florida, from Mississippi, I know we have listeners in Ohio, New York, uh, Seattle. I've seen some downloads from. We've even had, at, well, we've had a few Canadians uh, download us. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And I know I'm going to miss a bunch of people if I start listing off all my thank yous to everyone. Uh, it's been a blast so far this season to do this podcast. Hopefully we are getting better. Hopefully this is something you would like to continue to listen to. As always, we're open to suggestions. I do try and implement them. 
I know there's one in particular I talked with a listener before uh, a game. I implemented it on a few podcasts, and I know I've missed it in a recent few, but I promise that we'll be coming back. Uh, You know who you are. Thank you for your support. And definitely, I believe this is a big game going into the bye week. I think this may be a good look at what the rest of our season is as LSU in my opinion is the second toughest team left on the schedule even though they did lose to FSU there's just something about the Florida LSU game that wacky things happen and of course the last two years have happened but it's a new day yes it is with that said once again thank you everybody for listening and as always go Gators (laughs) 